As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Welcome to this week's On Farm. It's great to have you with us. This is Dave Howard, and this episode, I'm afraid to say, was recorded in the pouring rain, sheltering in a shed at Loch Bowie Croft in Newton Moor. Now, if that name sounds familiar, that's possibly because our two guests this week have recently starred in BBC Scotland's This Farming Life. It's just one of the ways that life's been quite busy for them both in recent years, as we'll hear coming up. This episode is supported by Bell Ingram, so thanks very much to them. Let's get into the chat. Well, it's going to be a fairly wet and wild edition of On Farm, this one, but we're going to persevere and push through. Um, I'll just get you two to introduce yourselves, first of all. Tell us your kind of names and and, and where we are. I'm Robert McKenzie, and we're down in Newton Moor on Loch Croft, um, which we've been here, our family's been here for about around about just over 200 years. So we've been crofting here for, for that long. I'm a fourth generation. I've just taken over about five years ago. So yeah, it's all new to me, this farming and crofting life, so. Really, yeah. completely, so? Well, it's, I, I obviously grew up around it, but it's something I didn't, uh, I wasn't expecting to do um, until about four or five years ago. And then the opportunity arose, so, we, uh, so I, I thought I'd give it a go. I, just, I was in construction to start off with, and then I, uh, yeah, this this came up, and I thought, well, I'll give it a go and see how it, uh, see how we go with it. So yeah, um, but it's all very new. I was when I was helping my dad, I was just kind of uh, getting told to stand at a gate, or you know, removing the cows or moving the sheep from here to there. I didn't really look into what was going on in the whole place. Because it was it wasn't something I was going to be doing. I was more concentrating what I was doing. But I would always come help my dad, or um, help the family, or need or need to do stuff. So, so you um, were never doing that with a view to no, it being never, yours at some point soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never I never thought we'd be doing it. So we, so it's just something I didn't do. So when I did take it on, I thought, I thought I could do this. Oh, it'll be fine. But. Uh, once a couple of years in, like the first year, my dad was helping me and kept me writing things and everything like that. And then I kind of started uh, to do things myself. And my dad was like, it's time to get on with it. You're selling now. <laughs> it was the a training a wheels are off. Yeah, the training yeah. wheels. Are, it was a shock. So it's taken me a few years, but I'm starting to get on top of uh, things now and, try, and, and learning. Um, actually taking things with my direction, the direction I want to take it and do different things. So it's been a very big learning curve. So, yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk more about that. That's Robert introduced in a quick hello. Who else have we got here? So I'm Jenny McDonnell. I'm Robert's partner. I, I grew up in Crofton, farming, country, family. So this oh, is... He's brought the right support worker yeah, in then. Yeah, you know, this is... Yeah, we, we, both know, we both know what it 
it what it entails. Um, so we've been together five years now, it'll be. And yeah, I, I am the one, as one likes to call me, the alpaca lady in the village. I'm the one that introduced the alpacas into the croft. That's kind of my side of it, if you would. So that's kind of, yeah, everyone calls me the crazy alpaca lady, so. Crazy alpaca lady. That is not very nice. Well, I think they mean it nice. When I go in the co-op, they're like, oh, you're the one with the alpacas. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And then my friends just call me the, like, the group chat names are crazy alpaca lady, so I'll take it. <laughs> like, there's worse things you could be called. That's good for getting us started, actually, because we are sheltering from the rain in your big uh, big shed here. You probably hear the, the rain beating down on the corrugated roof. But as I look outside, I can see some quite wet alpacas up on the hillside. There's some donkeys nearby as well. Robert, what, what have you got here altogether? What is it you're working with? We, um, my, uh, my side of it, <laughs> I've got... Very careful. Yeah, I, I've got... I don't like to step on Jenny's toes, so um, my side of it is I've got 40 beef cattle and I have 600 odd um, breeding sheep, so for lamb, and yeah, that's, that's my side of it, so and I've got like, um, so I've got cross sheep, uh, like Texel cross sheep, and then I've also got um, sheep for the hill, uh, black, black face sheep, I've got a couple hundred of them in the hill which I'm trying to build up at the moment, my dad used to have uh, over 600 in the hill and he took them off as he was getting older he took them off because he wasn't able to do it so he, uh, I'm trying to build them back up in the hill because you put them out in the hill for in the summertime for six weeks you don't see them and that's it they're away and then you take them back in do what you need to do to them get them clipped or whatever then we put them back out again so they're actually quite quite easy maintenance um, and then the, the lowland sheep you've got to go around every day and check them every day so they're, they're a bit more hard work but they're, uh, they make a wee bit more money as well, so... Um, yeah, we've got a wee mixture of things, and then... Jenny's got her side of it, so... <laughs> she, I think she's got more animals than me at the moment. Oh, I will do in time. I'll get there. there. Anyway. <laughs> so Robert's getting by. Jenny's aiming for world domination. Is that yeah, how this works? like, I... The first thing, actually, when myself and Robert started dating, I was obsessed with pygmy goats, and I was never allowed a pygmy goat, and he actually bought me a toy pygmy goat to kind of keep me happy. He thought that was quite funny. and I bet that went down well. Oh, it did. I was like, that's cool. And it was actually... Oh, it was called Gary the Goat, actually. Mm -hmm. And now, and then a year and a half ago, so April 2022, 20, um, we bought our first four... Um, alpacas to start alpaca trekking with and then that Christmas I got finally got three pygmy goats one is called Gary um, and then what came next the donkeys came in February our two miniature donkeys Hamish and Haggis and then I got two more alpacas in April which when you say it like that it happened in quite quick succession but we started off with just four because this was obviously so new to us you know diversification was so new and we didn't know if it would work so we were like well we'll get four see if it doesn't work out we can just get sell them on it'll be fine and as you can tell by all those animals I've listed off that has not been the case it's gone very very well and we're hoping for more animals. Robert can't say an awful lot because he also says, should we get some of these or should we get some more? So as much as he pretends that he is not, he uh, I strong arm into all this, he actually thinks of things to get as well. He quite enjoys it as long as I look after them. Robert, what do you think of that? You're, you're secretly happy about all the alpacas. Yeah, I mean, to, to start off, it was very, uh, it was very, it was kind of, uh, I didn't know how it was all going to go. It was different. And I uh, different, but... 
No, they're fine. And Jenny's very good. I mean, she's very good at looking after everything. So it's, it's as long as she's doing her bit with them, I, I don't mind what, what comes. It's a, it's a good thing to try and, as Jenny says, we're trying to diversify to keep the place going the way we, the way we wanted to go. So, um, yeah, it's fine. And they're all quite fun, actually, to be quite honest with you. They're probably more fun than the cows and the sheep. So, um, yeah. And you, you talked about having... Uh upland sheep that go up on the hill is there an area around here with kind of shared grazing rights that you've got access to is yeah that so there's four uh, on the on the the estate we croft in on the hill there's four different crofts um and they've got all their own amount of sheep they're allowed on um on the hills so we, we've all got a, a, a number of sheep we're allowed on on our part of the hill um and our part of the hill is about four and a half thousand acres to five thousand acres i can't remember exactly what it is and we all share that on the hill for um um, all year round, so we, we, all all four crofters put sheep up in the hill, so we all gather together and we sort them out and do our own thing with them, then they all go back out again. So we, the crofters all kind of work together, uh, do that kind of stuff here. So yeah, I don't know whether you can hear this, but the rain is not beating down on the corrugated iron roof anymore. I wonder if we could just sort of step out and have a look around. There's a couple of ducks wandering by as yeah, well. They are. They are wild ducks. There's a duck pond in the village. We don't have ducks, but they... You don't claim the ducks. They, no, they know yeah. there's food. You know, they know this is a this is a farm yard, so they know where the food is. Yeah. Robert, without wanting to, I suppose, pry too much, you you looked a bit shell-shocked when you said you, you, you took over the Crofter sort of unexpectedly five years ago. Was Yeah. What's, what's, was, what was the story there? It was um, just the opportunity came up, so we I thought I'd give it a... I thought I'd give it a go because I, I, I was in, as I say, I was in construction. I was building roads and doing drains, uh, big sewer drains and things like that. And I wasn't getting the, I don't think it would have went much higher. So I was down holes, digging holes and, you know, working my body. And I thought, well, I'm doing this for someone else. And then this, the, the croft came up. The opportunity of taking over this came up. So I thought, well, I'm going to be doing the same kind of work, but I'm going to be doing it for myself instead of doing it for someone else. As I say, the first year was fine because Dad was there and he was kind of guiding me through it and getting on with it and things like that. Um, so we're, I was like, oh, yes, I can do this. But then when Dad kind of stepped away and said, you need to go on with yourself, that's when the shock can hit. Like the first lambing was fine. You know, Dad was there and he was kind of keeping me right things. Then my dad says, I'm just going to do the wee sheep. Um, he, he, did, he did the blackies, so I had the big sheep to do and I had to get on with myself, so it was quite a shock to just be, actually I need to figure out to do, how to do this myself, so <laughs> I'm not going to have uh, Dad here telling me what to do now. So he, the second year, he just took a step back and he did his own sheep, so he looked after the blackies and he just got on with them. And we, um, I went down and did the, the, the big cross sheep. And yeah, I just took Dad every couple of days, I took him down because he can he could obviously see things I can't see because he's been in it for so long. He came down, you know, every few days just to make sure everything was right and things like that. But uh, it, was, it was it was a shock, just the second year was a big shock where I had to kind of pull my finger out and actually get on with it properly. And I kind of understood that, oh, actually, this, this is mine now. This is not this is not somebody telling me what I do. I need to get on with it kind of thing, you know? Yeah. What are some examples of some sort of key moments where you really had to step up and, you know, get over those hurdles. Oh, God, who are you asking? Calving was a big thing. When I had, like, the first year my dad, if it was a cow calving, he would come down and he kind of guide me through it. So the first cow I had to kind of 
get on with myself because my dad wasn't here. He's got his own stuff he likes to do now. So I can't phone him. I couldn't phone him. He's just like, no, you need to get on with yourself. So the first cow I had to kind of get on and calve myself was quite a shock. That, that was a big, like, right, I need, to, I need to get on with this. And then even, like, at lambing time, lambing and calving time was the big shocks. The rest of it I could kind of get on with because I can drive a tractor. So, you know, I can take in bales and things like that. That's, that, was, that was easy. It's the calving and lambing time. Understanding, like, I lost a cow, a calve, uh, sorry, I lost a calve because I didn't think the cow was calving. And um, it, she was, she was away and she was barking, she was pointing about. And it's something I didn't notice, that, that I didn't, but... And then I took the cow in and she, uh, the calf was, um, it was dead. So it was, that was a big shock and I was like, all right, okay, I need, to, I need to be a bit more quicker and understand what's going on with the cows and read them a bit more. So that was the first time that happened. It was the last time it's happened. That was the, the second year I was in it. And I, from that point on, I was uh, I was very very. Uh, I, I've like I had to learn how to read the cows and learn what's the signs that they're actually going to need help, but then not go jumping in too quickly and helping too quickly. So you've got to you know just that kind of stuff I had to learn was very. It's been hard going, but I'm getting there now. I think. A steep learning curve. Yeah, very quickly. You have to be very quick-eyed. So, but you've made quite a shrewd decision: not getting an employee, but getting a partner who knows property. <laughs> I know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that maybe was that was good business sense. Maybe that's what this is about. Maybe I'm just free labour. <laughs> I don't know about that. Not free, no. You're, you're no. definitely not free. <laughs> no. And only sometimes labour, he says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, what's sort of your version of that story then over the last sort of four years or so, the kind of learning curve, the getting to the point where... Um, our families knew each other quite well, but I was actually in Edinburgh studying um, animal science at the time when we first started dating, if you will. And the thing, both of us knew about it, but not actually us just doing it if that basically just what Robert said there we kind of knew but we were used to people telling us what to do I mean Robert still tells me what to do I'm not going to stand here and say that I do I calve cows or I do anything like that because we've got our little boy Donnie as well so I'm kind of he's only two and a half so for me to be doing that just doesn't really work so Robert does all that um, and I help when needed I get the phone call but we are sometimes like what both of us are like oh what happens what do we do but Sometimes we do call your dad if we're really, really stuck, but we try and you're pretty good at it now actually. You're uh, you're, dad, dad's you're just, always dad's always there for, for help. He likes he to be called every now and again, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Just not too often, yeah, I get the impression. Just, he no, he's he's now he's 70, 75 now, so he's getting to the stage he just wants to do his own thing and he likes to have bits and pieces to do in the on, on the croft and but he he likes to be involved as well. You have to kinda of tell him what's happening still. Or he might get a bit grumpy. He doesn't know exactly what's going on. <laughs> but he built the place up to to what it is. So um, the, the the actual crofts were actually three crofts that were in the family, and he got all three together, and he's taken it a, a step further, and he got um, um, he rented more ground and things like that. So um, he's he's taken it further on. So he he built it to what it was, mm-hmm. and we're just kind of trying to keep it going the way it was. Yeah, that's absolutely what we're doing. Right well, now. not the way it was. Sorry, trying to keep it going with the same amount of stock and. Um, and cattle and things and like put that. Our yeah. own stamp on it. I suppose, exactly, yeah. So a steep learning curve, not to sixty in quite a quick amount of time. 
You decided to make lives even harder for yourselves by inviting film crews onto the farm as well. <laughs> Health and safety nightmare, I'm absolutely sure of it. <laughs> it took yeah. a little while. It was, I wouldn't say, it, maybe it was a nightmare the first kind of couple of weeks and then probably within two months we were so used to them. Like Emma and Alice and our film crew, like we... I would kind of class them as like friends by the end of it. Eh? Like they got into the swing of what we needed. The thing about them is, I think everyone, and they're probably, they won't mind me saying this, they do kind of get in the way and they do make everything take a little bit longer. So the first couple of times of filming, I, we didn't realise that and we were quite, you know, like, oh. and then they just, they just got in, we got used to it. We like, right, they're coming, so let's put four hours instead of two hours for this. And, you know, they got used to it as well, I think, in the end. But we... I mean, I don't. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope Robert did too. It was very good. It was great fun. We should back up a bit and just explain that you were both, the whole family, featured on the most recent series of BBC Scotland's This Farming Life, right? So, yeah. Did you enjoy it, Robert? <laughs> yeah. Took you have a, to say yes, really, don't you? <laughs> took, a, took a bit of persuasion to start off with, but um, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was good fun. It was, it was an experience we'll never get again. So, you know, it's, it was... <laughs> yeah, the film crew following you about for a whole year of your life. It was quite. It was. It was. It was good fun. It was good fun in the end. If things were kind of, if we needed them to get out of the way, they would just get out of the way. You know, for a moving cattle or something was going wrong, and said, "Look, just give us a minute." They, they, yeah, it was fantastic just to be. And then you would go and have a chat to them after things were. Once things got right again, you would go and have a, a chat to them afterwards and see what had been happening in things like that. So. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very good, and it was. It was nice to. We're enjoying watching it. Yeah. To start off with, I, I was very nervous um, to start off with, but once we'd seen it, you know, because you're you're listening to yourself, and I like you, you don't listen to yourself. No. But you once you know once you figure out that, well, actually everybody else knows what I sound like. <laughs> you're you're fine, you know. So it's. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It was very good. It was a great experience, and, were, and everybody, it was good fun. Like, it was good fun. Just took a bit of persuasion for me to do it. Yeah. yeah a bit of a step into the unknown, but that was not yeah. the first one of those you've done lately, yeah? Yeah. It's been one thing after another. We don't really settle, do we? No, like, we really don't actually do. We kind of throw ourselves into things. I've always kind of said, if, you, if you're not taking chances and getting on with things, and not, like, pushing yourself or making yourself a great uncomfortable... We, you're not pushing yourself to, to a place that you could be you could you could end up in a really good place you know so I think that's one of the reasons we tried it and I've read that part of the reason for deciding to invite this farming life in or onto the farm was to help promote the mm -hmm. alpaca diversification how is that going I presume people are coming here to kind of pet them and take them for walks and that sort of stuff is that right is that how it's working yeah so what we do or what i do or we do for the alpacas is i offer treks which is taking them for walks and i also do meet and greet sessions for all ages but mainly for like younger kids that aren't able to go out on a walk and stuff so that's you know meeting the pygmy goats feeding them meeting the alpacas feeding them and then we go see the donkeys and the same i also have just started doing a uh, miniature donkey walks which is not riding them because they're so small but taking them out for walks as well so we've got so many other things in the pipeline as well but that is basically what we do here um, at the moment and yeah the this farming life the decision to do that was to promote to promote the alpaca business which it's very hard to see if it's worked right now or not. I know there's a lot more visitors on our website and social media, but it is now November, so 
it's not the best time of year. It's we are a tourist kind of area, so our business does rely more on tourists than like if you were say near a city, you would get footfall all the time. So I think I'll probably see it that more in the holidays, so October holidays and back into summer to see if that's actually worked as such because people, you know, aren't gonna just come all the way here for just for an hour, two hours, are they? So hopefully, I mean, as I said, social media and our website is we've seen a massive increase, which is great, isn't it? That's mm. we're like great, that is that's work. That's what we want to do it for so hopefully long may it continue that's that is the hope it's converting that into footfall and and pounds and pence isn't it um i just want to ask a sort of a a a daft question that i know a lot of listeners might know the answer to but some people might be sort of you know this might be a gray area for some people to all intents and purposes to me this doesn't look like a croft it looks like a farm and I've heard a croft before described as a parcel of land surrounded by legislation. I don't know whether that would be your view. How, how is this a croft rather than a farm? Well, it is, it's a bigger croft than, um, than normal. Because my dad, as I say, it was three crofts, which is now one big croft. So it was um, my two uncles and my grandfather, sorry, my two, my two great uncles and my grandfather had the crofts here. And then, as my dad was growing up, my two uncles, uh, he got the, my two uncles crofts, and then he took over my dad's, uh, my granddad's croft as well. And to start off with, it was actually, um, my, my granddad had a dairy here, and, and he had, um, I, think it was a bee, I think it was a piggery here too. Because he had a butcher's in the village. Yeah, and then he had a butcher's as well in the village, my grandfather. So he... Um, my my auntie took over the butchers and my um, my dad took over the 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 croft and he took all three crofts which means it went from having about each each croft had about 200 sheep or so were allowed on the hill so that then became 600 sheep all in so it just became a bigger croft and then my dad had opportunity with the when the estate owner he kind of gave up um, farming and he, my dad got on really well with him, and he, the estate owner came home and said, would you like to like, rent the land? So that's just how we kinda, we've grown from b- bigger than the croft that we are. But uh, we would say, we would say farm now, yeah. because you know, we'd be bigger, but we're technically a croft. Um, so you're kind of yeah. governed by the, le- the crofting legislation? Yeah. yeah, because we're a croft. That's the, first and foremost, we're a croft. We've just, a croft. Yeah, yeah. we've just expanded into doing, uh, renting land. Other crofts maybe not rent, don't rent, they have their croft and then they do something else. What we've done is have a croft and then gone, well, let's go bigger and try and uh, have another rent croft. land. <laughs> yeah, have another croft. So that's why we're, it looks a wee bit bigger than a normal croft. Um, that's, that's why I forgive people if they say farm and sometimes we just say farm to certain people because it's easier. Because exactly as you say, if you think a croft, you do think, they're not all smaller areas, but that's what you think. And, yeah, as Robert's just explained, that is kind of our story on paper and for yeah. all the um, governing bodies, we are a croft and we follow all that legislation, but to the, to the eye, yeah. we think farm. And, and some people might not realise that there's a difference between the yeah. two words as well, you know. Yeah. It's, um, it's very good. And look, I can see some blue sky now. Yes, it's good to see. So you've talked a lot about the, the last four years and how you've, you know, taken things over in a bumpy ride and just getting things a bit smoother now. We've seen the alpacas here and the diversification projects that you've got underway. What do the next four years look like? What are you going to be doing next? Oh. You say you don't stand still. We don't. We, we tend to kind of... 
We always do something to keep us busy all the time. Yeah, I think the next couple of years, at least the next two years, we're just kind of trying to level off. Mm -hmm. This year's actually... Calm down, just yeah, a bit. <laughs> just a bit. We're, we're, well, we've said to we we're going to kind of keep things a wee bit calmer. We also, like, so we, we did the farming life um, thing, which was great fun. And we've kind of, obviously we've expanded into alpacas, but we're trying, I'm trying to now kind of streamline the place um, and just get everything, like, try and save money in different places because everything went so high and so and so one of the main things during was which has comes over in the, this farming life is that um the cows and the fertilizer and the feed and everything we did was just getting so expensive that we were very very close to thinking about the cows going because it, it was just we couldn't afford to keep them with all our outgoings for fuel yeah, and feed it was, it was just and fertilizer and I could always keep the sheep because the sheep are easier to kind of look after. If I've got something wrong in the field with a cow, it takes me the best part of... Well, where, where they get summered, I've then got to get all the gates and a farm cut there in my cut. So it could take me a whole day, or at least a whole morning, to go and get one cow in, or one calf in, to get it fixed. And that's a bit... The cows are a very big hold in the place. But if you go out in the morning, before you, like if we got rid of the cows and just kept the sheep, out in the morning, if there's a lot of sheep, something wrong with my sheep, it takes me two minutes to catch. Take it in, I jog it, put it in a shed, and I come back after work. So this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to streamline everything so we could keep the cows. Mm -hmm. So our main thing is, like this year, we, um, it's not on this farming life, um, but we decided... Oh, an exclusive, we'll take this. Yeah. What's, uh, on we, what's we, not on this farming life? <laughs> we, we decided that uh, we would go and buy our own silage stuff which is our own baler, our own wrapper, and our own mower, because I work with a, with a wee estate, and I was organise all his stuff. I thought, well, wait a minute, I could actually, and there, these people are coming in to get their baling done, they were getting paid for it, and I thought, well, hang on a minute, I could be getting my own, I could be getting paid for this. I could get my own stuff done yeah, by myself, I'm not, paying, I'm not paying somebody else to do it. So we, we bought our own stuff this summer, and it's worked really well because we've picked up some work mm -hmm. um, in different places. Um, we've done all our own stuff. We've got a, f a very good friend in the estate that we work with Croft on. <coughs> the shepherd next door, he comes and gives me a hand and I go and give him a hand with stuff, which has been really good. So, yeah, there's just all these things. Like, we've got a GPS system for the tractor because I can't drive in a straight line in the field. So I waste fertilizer. So we've done this, we spent, and I was spending, it was about 1,500 pound a year on somebody coming to do my own fertilizer. Well, I've spent 1,800 pound on a, on a GPS system last year. I got a wee bit of work outside of this. So it's paid for it. And now instead of taking two days to do it, it takes me four days by myself, but I'm doing it myself. It's a wee bit more hard work, mm -hmm. but in the end we save money. So I think our next two years is just little things like that where we're saving money instead of spending money on things. I think that's our kind of, uh, our kind of goal, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is that saying you've got to uh, spend money to make money and we did have to spend money obviously on the alpacas and obviously all the equipment, but this is what we are trying to now just get money coming back in to kind yeah. of get all these things going and working well, basically. just. We've obviously still, we'll obviously have to put little bits of money out for the alpaca um, 
business as to like we have to do a little bit to keep it going and same with this side you know you're always having to fix things pay for that but yeah we're not big purchases now I don't think we're thinking of are we hopefully well I mean saying that in six months time we're, we're quite in um, we just things yeah. happen don't I they? I think but our goal of, over the next couple of years is just to calm do, down a bit yeah and just kind of just streamline things and just I don't think we're going to be doing any well, I don't, actually don't don't say never no <laughs> don't, don't say never yeah let's don't not say, say never that's why I said things, things pop into our head and we, we end up going... What if? Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, yeah, exactly that day. Like if someone was to phone me up and say, oh, look, I've got a such and such animal, do you want it? I don't turn that down. I'll be like, of course, give me. I mean, that's what I was... The donkeys was actually a very random purchase. I was looking for alpacas. Well, there was a woman selling different alpacas and she also was selling miniature donkeys. So I emailed her, but miniature donkeys are quite hard to find and they sold within hours. And I'd gone... Bef- the time it took for her to email me back, which is all of two hours, I'd got a business plan put together of what I could do with donkeys and what all we needed, and I got Robert on board, and then I had to scour the whole of the UK looking for miniature donkeys, and yeah, so it's just random things, but it's worked, you know, it's worked for our business, that's the whole thing, we're not just buying random things, like the morn and GPS, there's always a reason behind it, it's to make us, make, it, make us a bit money, hopefully. That's the plan. Save his money. And it's not necessarily, but, well, the donkeys are there to make money, but the GPS system and the bailer and things like that is to actually save his money. Yeah, yeah. You're Work not, smarter, not harder, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, you're, not, you're not spending money on somebody else coming to do your job while you're sitting in the house. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you for chatting to us today. Um, best of luck with it all. It's been really nice to meet you all. I'm really pleased the rain stopped, so yeah. we can just at least... Look Don't around at what we're looking at. What, what, what? Just before we finish, what? There's a. I could never. Clouds have lifted a bit. There's a. There's a hill behind the farm there as well. When you talk about the upland, that's where you send them, is it? Yeah. So, our hills are just straight up here. One of the hills is. I think it's a Monroe, isn't it, the Kaya? Don't ask me. I'm pretty sure the Kaya is a Monroe. Yeah. So we've got four thousand acres just above us here, just above the alpacas here, where you can see. That, that's where we croft. So and it's yeah. The hill you're seeing over the other side, that's part of the help the, the neighbouring estate. Um, but we're, we're just straight up, up behind us here. It's a lovely spot, guys. Yeah. No, we're very lucky, aren't we? We do. It's, it's absolutely Something we don't know here. is how, because how, uh, we see it every day. Like people come up and they, when they're walking the alpacas, we walk the alpacas, look, we're down low here where we are. When they walk the alpacas, they actually go up and then they see all the hills behind us and then they can see right down to the Cairngorms as well. So the walk is, is quite special in a way. Is that you, you're, you're down, you don't see as much, but as you kind of climb the hill to, to walk them, it just opens up and you can see a lot more of um, how beautiful the place actually is, which we don't notice and we should notice more and we should appreciate it more, but we keep telling everybody that. But. <laughs> it's just one of those things when you live somewhere, isn't it? You don't appreciate it because you're so used to it and you're yeah. in a routine, you're not used to it, are you? And actually, I would suggest that's a benefit of having lots of visitors and tourists come to the farm. Is they open your eyes to that? Yeah, I find that all the time, you know. So we start off down here and then we kind of go out the gate and we go up there. And as you said, you're a bit more elevated. It's not a steep, it's just a slight, ever so slight incline. And all of a sudden it just opens up if it's a nice day. And everyone, every single person, not every single person, at least one person or at least the group are always like, oh, it's stunning here. And um, that makes me appreciate it more because, as you say, when other people point it out to you, you're like, yeah, it really is. 
Yeah. It really, really is. I know you're on a bit of a deadline this morning as well, aren't you? So we talked about the future, the more immediate future. You've got a very important sports tournament coming yeah, up. Yeah, my, my youngest, sorry, my oldest um, boy, uh, Marcus, he plays for his primary school, his Kanusi Primary School. So, Shinty. Shinty, yeah. Um, so he's got the Kanusi Sixes today, so I'm taking him away through to that. So that'll be an interesting an so interesting the rain day. holds off, it'll be a nice day. Yeah, hopefully the rain holds off. I know. Yeah, Shinty's quite a very big thing in this area, which I'm sure most people are aware of. But we live in Newton Moor, and he plays for Canusi, and Newton Moor and Canusi have quite a big rivalry, so his granddad, we have to tell him we're supporting Marcus, not not the team you're supporting your grandson. So, But no, Shinty's a very big thing here, isn't it? Yeah. And he absolutely loves it, so fingers Marcus crossed is, that the is, rain he, stays he, off he for can't, that. He can't get enough of the Shinty, so... No. Yep, so we're gonna, I'm going to wait through to take him through that for the day. So uh, crofting stops today for the next four hours. <laughs> it only stops for the kids, that's uh, the only time it stops for the kids. Yeah. Well, you've, thank you guys. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak, especially as I know you've got so much on today. Brilliant to talk to you. Thanks very much. No, thanks for thank having you. us. That's been good. Well, huge thanks to Jenny and Robert. It's been brilliant to speak to them today. Look them up online. They're on Facebook as Cairngorm Alpaca Trekking Lochbui Croft. Thanks to Bellingram again for supporting this episode of On Farm. The series is made by our team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. See you soon. Mm-hmm.